Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 251. It's the error that shall not speak its name. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, it's been a million years, Nelly Tom. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh before I gave myself away. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> The girls are back in town. Something like that. Hi, so you've everyone. Been I've off missed for you all. Some intensive therapy you can't to stop talk giggling. Yet. <laughs> Why can't I talk yet? No, you can talk. Oh. Beardy here Sorry. can't talk. Oh, Brett can't talk yet. And to my right, man with the beard likes to talk before he's announced. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Have you missed me? Have you missed me? You have been off for intense therapy to stop giggling. (laughs) Clearly it has not worked. You've been off to to be made a non-girl. Oh, if only I had. If only I had come back. Then I could be in Movember. Yes. Hey, you still could be. If I'd come back a cranky old man, I could uh, be in Movember. Foster the the, the facial hair. I'm not that far off, let's be honest. I uh, I, just on on the topic of Movember and, you know, I have have my issues with that as as a thing, but Sam Simmons. (laughs) Of course you do. Sam Simmons. It's not like you've got a problem growing one. No, I have a problem with the hot. Anyway, let's, I'm not going to get into that now because it's got nothing to do with anything. But Samuel Sam Simmons, Sam Simmons mm. grew his moustache yep. and shaved it into the word mo. <laughs> That's good because he looks creepy with a moustache. He, but he has he has moustache a lot of the time. Yeah, but it's yeah. But I'm, now you should, it looks weird when it says mo as well. But it was pretty funny. <laughs> but at least that's a joke. Yeah. You know who looks weird, speaking of weird men related to television with the mo? Charlie Pickering. Bless you, Charlie. I love you. But I think I think he looks a little bit Errol Flynn. He looks awful with, with a the mo. Hair. Yeah, I think I think seven I think, PM project hair. I think the seven PM project hair and the moustache looking a little bit Errol Flynn. But All right, I'm gonna make the call. It's yep. early. Yeah. But just so you know I'm back. He looks like a Nazi. I've said it. <laughs> I've said it. He looks like a Nazi. Charlie, please. A generic Nazi. A generic Nazi called Charlie hosting a show. Maybe you're just concentrating on on the badness of World War II. No, it's really not any more complicated than he looks like a Nazi. End of discussion, shave it off. Hitler Hitler mustache or anything. But it's not far. Yeah, but it's no Jeff. <laughs> I don't know what to do. No, you don't. Move I for- on. I've Move forgotten. On. I've forgotten how to dig out of this Bam! hole. Oh, speaking of television, this show is all about TV. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to... You know what? It's this year, and we haven't mentioned it once, and we should have. We should have mentioned it every single week. Haven't mentioned it once. It's the 20th anniversary of Twin Peaks. Oh. Last week at the Australian Centre of the Moving Image, they mm. had a Twin Peaks marathon. Mm. I was there. Mm. We're going to hear some Vox Pops that I did, and uh, and uh, it was... Is it uh, only the 20th anniversary? I thought it was earlier yeah. no, than that. 1990. No, no, Brett. No, Brett. It's the 50th anniversary, and I misspoke. Well, no, you think I don't know that? <laughs> I thought it was, like, late 88. No, it's definitely Must 1990. Must have been something I was thinking of at the time. It's, it started in February or March 1990. Can we refer throughout the rest of this broadcast um, to the Australian Centre of the Moving Image as ACME? Yes. Thank you. I just don't. I just didn't want to start it no, as ACME right. to get quite it confused right. with the products that the Coyote buys to try to capture the Roadrunner or the the peak of uh, of things, the, yeah. the ultimate, uh, which is the joke of ACME with an E. You're you're thinking of ACME. 
<laughs> when and a teenager's hormones erupts. peak. And yeah, no. No? No. No? Uh, Actually, we're also, I've got we're, to find out one more thing. Yes. Which is 20th, 20th anniversary of um, Twin Peaks. Yes. 1990. Toby Halligan, were you born in 1990? He's shaking oh, his head. Oh, no. Right. Hang okay. on. What? What? Hang on. He was so because he's over 20. He wasn't he, he born. He shook his head, not I me. Know. I know. What he, year were you born? 84. Yeah. So he was. Okay. He, he, he was. Yeah. He, he missed. He was six. He, he I think. I think he. I think mm-hmm. he thought mm-hmm. that you meant was his birth year 1990. Ah. Uh, right, but what okay. you meant was was he alive, alive. by the time 1990 came along? I see. I see. Yeah. I see. You see. Yeah. Whereas he is totally karma chameleon baby. <laughs> he is. 1984. <gasps> okay. That's just to put Toby Halligan. In the world's perspective mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of things. Or sex crime. Eurythmics. Sure. Or the eurythmic sex, sex crime. Parentheses. 1984. Uh, Brett, you've got an I Don't Buy It later on. Nelly, you're going to tell us about this latest season of Survivor. You better believe it. Is that still going? Oh, Brett, don't. Don't start with me. Not now. Because I'll, I'll take you. She's... Uh, I've I'm, come back. I just want the juice. news. Just want the news. She's, <laughs> it's definitely still going. She's got that uh, that whole "I've been away, I'm back" feistiness, <laughs> yes. and she will jump over the console. Promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one thing. We've got pork with trotters with Toby Halligan. You haven't had any trotters yet, have you? No. Nope. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. <laughs> Nelly Thomas, mm. you know uh, Peter Wilson who gets our computer servers to do yes, his bidding? Yes, uh, He had a birthday recently. Yes, he did. And Sarah Murdoch, nay mm. O'Hare, mm. wished him a happy birthday on Twitter. Did she? She did. I, I'm actually more shocked that Pete tweets. Oh, yeah. Pete He's tweets. A Pete tweets totally. Wow. He's a massive Twitterer. He's a huge election Twitterer. Right. Saturday night, Victoria. Very He's busy. Very busy for Pete. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so that brings us to your news item, because Sarah Murdoch, because having having conquered that uh, that hurdle mm. of wishing Pete a happy birthday, mm. she then goes on and and does what? Then she goes on. This is Sarah Murdoch, wife of Lachlan, mother of Kaylin, Aiden, and Erin, spelled A E R I N, daughter-in-law of Rupert. I thought it was only is she a bogan? I, I think she's Bogans Bogans that did that I think she. I think she wanted to name herself after the chair, and misspelt it. <laughs> Sarah, Aaron. Okay. I think it's pronounced Aaron. Like, what's wrong with E R I N? Anyway, that's not the point. We all know. I won't go over Gaffgate, as it's called. We all know what she did on Australia's Next Top Model final. Announced the wrong winner. Uh, Use too much gaffer tape. Yes. Gaffgate. Can you believe it's a gate? It's It's not a bloody gate. It's not a gate. It's Um, the gaffer fair. This is Australia, people. Well, it's Gaffgate on on the intranet thing. I'd call it it just gaffer. I'd call it nothing. Let's move on. Um, Did she get sacked? For doing the gaff gaff. No, not her, of not her fault. she didn't. Not her fault. Did she get sacked? Who got sacked? 
she arranged for the producers to get sacked. But not just not just <laughs> not just the producers of the show, like mm. No, not an individual people. person. The whole production company. The company. Granada. Yep. Gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which so Foxtel, which is partially owned by the Murdochs. Mm. She had a little word to dad in law. Yeah. And he went I'm guessing catch at, her. at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Catch yeah. her, Granada. Yeah. Um, we'll be seeing you later. And she was quoted, I think, as saying basically, look, given things that happened this year, it was it was it was just a good idea. <laughs> like, hang on, you made the gaff, whether it was your fault or not. Like, you didn't have to announce the winner when you weren't clear on the winner. I think it's bizarre. You, you know what I like about this story, though? Mm, that it S- means nothing to Sarah, anybody? Sarah Murdoch's a really good host of, uh, of Australia's Next Top mm. Model, and it means that she's going to be hosting again. Do you watch Australia's Next Top Model? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm flawed. I'm speechless. Have, have you not listened to this show, Nelly? I, 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 that cannot actually go into my head <laughs> that Joshua Canal watches Australia. Next time you poo-poo any of my viewing choices, I must re- please remind me, Toby Halligan, next time that happens. To be fair to me, mm. I do just mostly happen to be in the room while somebody else is watching is it. Watching it. Mm, sure. Lindell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, See, I'm but yeah, but, but I'm Linda aware of watches it. it. She loves the she loves the whole top model stuff. Wow. She she loves all the Pete Wilson tweets. Linda watches Australia Next Top Model. What will we find out next? Well, Brett, I think Brett's uh, Brett's going to come out in uh, against anti siphoning now. What? Not me. Not me. I'm just uh, telling you the news that uh, culture today is the winner. As the, uh, the federal government has announced that uh, <laughs> the reforms to Australia's anti-siphoning list and scheme uh, will continue to be the strongest in the world, uh, <laughs> meaning that important uh, sporting events will remain exclusively free-to-air and not locked away behind a paywall. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Will remain exclusively free to wear, and other companies that might want the rights will be excluded from even applying. Don't, don't even it's a paywall. Don't no, no, it's, even, it's only don't pay TV even, proprietors. Don't even pretend. Don't even pretend that this is the only thing that is standing in the way of the AFL Grand Final getting. Onto it's potential Foxtel. It's potential. It's but it's not the only thing standing in the way. There is, and this is this has been my big problem with with this whole anti siphoning reportage in in the media recently. Is it's always been uh, reported as well. If it wasn't for the anti siphoning laws, then the AFL Grand Final would be on Foxtel. No, no. It just means Foxtel would have the right to bid for it. Why That's open all. the door to such an important cultural event as the AFL Grand Final being withheld from such a large proportion of the population, Josh? Uh, Nelly? Didn't we knock this on the head before we, I left? We, we did, but last week, uh, last week the new list came out of ah. events that will be restricted. I thought you got won over by that lovely email from the person kind of just going, you know, I just... 
don't want my kids I, to be denied watching which is, AFL grand final. Which is fine. I, I wasn't won over, but it was the first time I'd heard an argument right. for it that, that I kind of understood that as, was sure. as an emotional. rewording my argument as, about Muslims. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Dying it even. It really was. Dying <laughs> even. Start that. But to, just to be clear, if, let's say, um, free-to-air channels did not want to broadcast the AFL grand final. Yep. Could Foxtel then have it or they can't ever no, have it? If, no, no, no. no. no if, but Nelly, if, hang on. Hang on. Let me answer Nelly's question correctly rather than just saying no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Foxtel would be able to broadcast it if none of the free-to-air channels wanted it. Okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. Oh, I, I'm not sure about that, Josh. It's a use I'm it or lose it sure. thing. So, so if they all go, sure. I don't want the Australian if, if Open that, women's final. I don't want it. I don't Fox want it. goes, I'll have it. I'll have it. Great. I'm okay. happy with that. Okay, in as long theory, as but first. that's never going to happen because it, it has become a use it or lose it thing and this is this has actually been updated with the new list and the new scheme, uh, but it's got to be made available to other broadcasters to be allowed to broadcast it. Hang on, hang let on. Me, other, let, me, let me give you the wording Other broadcasters directly. outside of all the free-to-air no, broadcasters? No, no, outside of... So Nelly's question... Outside of Nelly's question, 7 and 10. Nelly's question... want to... Brett, Nelly's question was, if none of the free-to-air TV channels want to broadcast it, do Foxtel have the right to bid for it? The answer is yes. Okay. But you're only talking about sports that are on the anti-siphon list. Yes. Yes, that's what we're talking about. She was speaking particularly about the AFL Grand Final or the Australian Open Final. I think you're muddying the water there a little bit, Josh. No, I'm not muddying the water. Nelly's question was that, and the I answered scheme. the news scheme. Continuing, Hello, my question was answered. Let's with move on. The story, um, the anti-siphon mm. list uh, remains, and uh, preventing Foxtel from having the opportunity to bid on buying the rights to these. It'll be uh, broken up into a two-tier list: an A-tier and a B-tier, uh, where. It, Exceptionally important events like the Melbourne Cup, Bathurst 1000, uh, finals of major Australian tournaments like the NRL and AFL Premiership and the Australian Open Finals uh, must be on the uh, free-to-air broadcaster's main uh, channel. But all other, everything else that's on, on the B tier is allowed to be broadcast on their multi-channel, on their digital multi-channel. So like that may be finals and things that may like be that. on on mate mm-hmm. uh, that seven broadcasters on. Uh, Channel nine may put the crickets mm. over on Gem when if they it's free, that's when they right. when they go to uh, the news. Yeah. Um, so it'll actually mean that uh, we're likely to see a lot more uh, continuous coverage, not broken up by regular programming, which is something that I. I don't get why would they restrict uh why would they restrict the uh the, the networks to showing these things on their main channels if everybody has to change over to digital everybody has to have access to these channels what difference does it make if it's already on free to air if it's free well, and sure. you can it, get it, it so what what difference cares? what difference does it make it doesn't talk about the reasoning of that uh, maybe maybe they're avoiding too much of the shock of the new. Really? Uh, but, really? No, I'm, there's I'm, really no years, reason for that. Ten years after <laughs> digital television Uh-oh. has come into this country, <laughs> ten years after they're avoiding the shock of the new, how long do we need? Yeah, nah. how, how long does this country need for teething? That's just some Kafkaesque bureaucratical yeah, silly thing. Right. If owners. it's on free, that's the point. 
Rights owners uh, under a newly introduced must-offer obligation in the scheme will require them to show the listed events on the anti-siphon list or offer those rights to another broadcaster to be able to broadcast those. Um, That's another free-to-air broadcaster. Yes. Uh, And 2020 cricket has been added to the... Anti-siphon list. Yes, so has the uh, ICC World Cup and the 2020 World Cup, uh, which... 2020? Yeah. Mm, I would have put that on the B. Yeah, I know. Mm. I would have put that That's on the C. That's not real cricket. Oh, Let anyone have well, it. Well, it is on the B tier. Right. But it's still on the anti-siphon list. So, yeah, okay. so I can't go to subscription TV. All right. I still think it's a crock of shit. Uh, in, uh, in sad news, uh, Leslie Nielsen has passed away. He was in... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing about that. I'm laughing about my mistake that I asked you not to mention. But now, yeah, sorry. <laughs> now you've backed yourself into a corner. <laughs> I have. I came in, listeners. You, you, I'm back. I came in and said Liam Neeson's died. Oh, no, now she's killed him. <gasps> oh, now no. Now sorry. You know it's about not. the power of box cutters, don't you, now? <laughs> no. You, you say somebody's dead and they will die. <gasps> don't say that. No. Nah. Leslie Nielsen has Leslie Kit and uh and and John Updike uh more importantly and strangely oh. uh Leslie Nielsen uh was 84 years old he uh had been suffering from pneumonia for the last 2 weeks uh and uh, passed away in the United States Twitter went absolutely crazy uh, with this, lots of people saying I can't believe Leslie Nielsen's dead I can't believe Leslie Nielsen's dead and the whole time I'm just thinking the man was 84. Yeah. Like, mm. Once again, another case of somebody struck down in their prime. In their prime. It's very, very sad news. Yeah. Just like William Self from last week. And, ev- you know, everybody's doing uh, doing lines from airplane or flying high, whichever you, whichever title you prefer. I think it was only flying high in Australia, Everyone's it? Yes. Uh, I'm ev- resisting. Everyone's, uh, everyone's done... Uh, you know, talked about how much they really, really loved the Naked Gun films. Leslie Nielsen was uh, an actor in the TV series Police Squad, which the Naked Gun films were based on. Uh, no one talks about his film Repossessed, though. Never heard of it. Was that a jokey, demonic possession thing? Yes. Was, Leslie was Nielsen. A dark comedy? Linda Blair. The... <gasps> yes. So not even a dark comedy, just a dumb Dumb comedy. Do you know that he actually did? I was reading a bit about him this afternoon. He did uh, in the early days that live TV kind of, you know, drama straight to camera live kind of scenario, which, oh, I miss that. When I say I miss it, I wasn't alive, but, you know, I wish we did it. Back in the days when Back you in had, the days. had stuff like radio plays on yeah, the television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't get that anymore. No. Interestingly, when uh, and, and I say interestingly, this might just be time for Josh's boring anecdote. But uh, when I uh, interviewed the late Bud Tingwell, uh, he was telling me about uh, how he used to he was he was trained in live TV, mm. and they used to do live live television all the time. And then when it came time for him to direct television, he took the lessons that he had learnt from live TV. And brought them across to filmed television, mm. so that they had the long rehearsal time, which meant that shooting was very, very quick. Saved Crawford's heaps of money. Mm. Talking about uh, things like homicide, yeah, interesting. Division Four, mm-hmm. Metal Police, Solo One, Domicile, Domicile, yeah, which uh, was was like Homicide, it was a spinner from Homicide, uh, but it was just people living in a house. 
Number 96. I don't know if Bud Tinkle directed number 96. Speaking of that vintage, can I tell you a very interesting fact? I did a gig the other night with Annie Phelan of uh, Prisoner fame, of course, and you know my feelings on Prisoner, so I could not help but, you know, Annie, Annie, Annie. Hug her and lick her a little bit too much. You know, that sort of stuff. And um, put her hand in the press. Yeah. And she was saying that the Prisoner fan club, because she's an ambassador for um, Positive Women, which is for women with HIV, and she does amazing um, community work. The Prisoner Fan Club, which started in England, is second uh, in terms of its membership only to the Star Trek Fan Club. And they have um, raised thousands and thousands and thousands and they're probably hundreds of thousands of dollars through it for positive women. Do they not uh, count the Kiss Army because of the Tsunami? I don't know what yeah, you're it's talking too, about. Yeah, it's too militaristic. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that amazing? Prisoner, the- little old Australian show from a bazillion years ago. Hardcore fans worldwide, and how much? Uh, oh, it's, it's, and how much? How much money has the Star Trek fan club raised <laughs> for positive women? Yeah, nothing, nothing. And as it's far still as massive uh, over in the UK. I, I believe there Prisoner. was a stage show of Prisoner yeah, Cell Block Huge. over there, with as it a, should a, be a very well-renowned drag queen over there whose name I can't think of. Mm. Famous, famous Thanks. English drag queens. Thanks for sharing. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. oh, hang on. Let me just go to my uh, my famous English drag queen almanac. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, also, uh, just qu- quickly in the news, uh, South Park are being sued for a parody that they did in 2008. This is bullshit. Uh, and that's, this is two years after the people who were parodied in that episode sent uh, Matt and Trey, creators of South Park, a thank you letter for being included in South Park. It's from I the, think uh, the episode with What What in the Butt with Butters doing that. That, that's, that song, video. which is a yep. YouTube video, and uh, and... Quite frankly, the whole thing is just a, a crock. They're just is trying it a to get money, money grab? It's just yeah. just just yeah. a money grab. Oh, really boring. freaking cynical. That's, that's really dirty. Uh, like, it just makes me feel. Genji Cohan, creator of Weeds, has announced that she will quite possibly, very likely, maybe, I'm guessing, unless Showtime give her a whole bunch of cash, finish Weeds in many, 2011. Oh, really? How many times did Kiefer Sutherland say he was finishing up on 24? Uh, seven. Yeah. Okay. How many seasons so, did so he do? I might finish it. Uh, seven. Farnsy. Season eighteen. The return. Mm. Yeah. So it's Farnsy well, all over again. That's a shame. I like weeds. And have you watched oh. it recently? <laughs> no. Right. That's why you like I've it. I watched the first two seasons. Right. That's why you oh, like does, it. Talk to Josh about it later on. It's okay. uh, yeah. Well, listen to last week's show. Yeah. Just go. Or two weeks. Or three weeks. Or whenever it was. Yeah. I talked about it a few weeks ago. You're away. Yes. You're away. Mm. Getting that haircut. Uh, I, don't, I was going to say getting that tan, but you're really not tan. <laughs> no, but you do have a new haircut. I do. Yep. I love the new nose, uh, though. Hmm? love the new nose. The new nose. Yeah. I thought you said nails. I was going to say, Jesus. Well, thanks for ruining that surprise for the end of the show, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly was going to go all swan and reveal all her right, nose. All right, let's stop critiquing my physicality. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brett it's a started it. Brett started it. Uh, year-end ratings uh, came out and everyone's going, year-end? Oh, no. Everyone, we talked about this last week. Finished on Saturday night, 27th. Uh, Year-end ratings were released. Channel 7 say that they were victorious in Melbourne. Channel 9 said they were victorious in a certain age group. Channel Uh, 9 didn't. Yeah, they did. They did. Whoa. Channel, uh, Channel 9 also said Go was victorious. As a multi-channel in a certain age group. 
And uh, and the ABC <laughs> said That's balls. The ABC said they were victorious, having grown their audience by four percent over the entire year. Did they also uh, claim uh, having the best twenty four hour news service uh, on Free to Air TV? Oh, they may have. They I should didn't have. read that far. They should have because they definitely won that one. The best twenty four hour news yeah. service on Free to Air TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a tough call though. Really? Like yeah, yeah. And the People's so Choice Awards. Uh, they're up against uh, Channel 10's uh, extra channel Wonder Why We Don't Exist and uh, and Channel 7's extra channel uh, The News Now uh, with old shows like I Dream of Genie. That's on 75. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that is the Boxcutters News. <laughs> So, as I said at the start of the show, I forgot that that ended. So, yeah. That was back when I you ended. I know. I know. I always thought it just faded out, but clearly not. It just goes bang. Uh, 20th anniversary of Twin Peaks. Can you believe it? Yes. I actually can't. I, I, well, I suppose I can. But, geez, that doesn't seem that long ago. I know. That I was know. when I was studying uni. It means that in the uh, in the time since Twin Peaks has when Twin Peaks first aired, mm. uh, there have been fourteen years where I have not watched the entire series of Twin Peaks. <laughs> You're a repeat watcher. I am a repeat watcher. It is still my favourite television show of all time. You didn't grow up in the country, did you? No. Because this is, a, thinking back on it today, knowing we are going to have a chat about it, because obviously I grew up in a small town and I think that's why I loved it, because it's that sort of whole thing of this veneer of respectability and then what's really going beneath the surface in these kind of, you know, country towns. And obviously mm. just the stylistic stuff of the horror genre meets a bit of slapstick, meets a bit of, you know, just loved that whole thing. But I find it interesting about what people... It shouldn't have worked. Do you know what I mean? Like, why did, do we love it so much? I think, and this is this is something that I tried to find out. Uh, Acme uh, in Melbourne had uh, had a, what they called their Laurathon, which was nine hours of people talking about Twin Peaks and watching episodes of Twin Peaks, finishing with the film Firewalk With Me. Oh, Laura-thon. Yeah, Laura-thon. Yeah, yeah. Laura-thon. No. no, no, Laura. Laura-thon. As in Palmer. Mm, yeah. Were you in love with her? With Laura Palmer? Yeah. Oh, God, no. What a horrible bitch. Okay. Who who were you? Who was your favourite? Cheryl and Fenn. <laughs> of course. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Totes, man. Uh, as, uh, as, as She is divine. Well, somebody, uh, somebody said uh, David Lynch once described her as five foot of heaven. Absolutely, I'm she's in just concurrence. It's she is just beautiful. What's that movie she was in? Um, was she in a movie with Mickey Rourke? Uh, no, but she was in. She, she, she was in a movie that was made like by the same movie. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <gasps> uh, Shot so, no, no, two, two Moon Junction. Two Moon Junction. Oh, go and get that out if you need a bit of you know spice can, in your life. Can we life. check that title though, T- Toby? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. is it. That is yeah. it. Uh, yeah, like the I, eyebrows. Like, Beautiful. I haven't watched uh, that yeah. film over and over again. Uh, so, yeah, Audrey Horn was, uh, was my, my personal fave mm-hmm. uh, and the relationship that she had with, uh, with Agent Cooper uh, made me really want to be Agent Cooper. Uh, the, uh, 
the thing about Twin Peaks, though, was it, a lot of people just kind of lost it in the second season. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the show changed a lot on its own, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's largely to do with the fact that David Lynch, who's one of the one of the creators, uh, went off to do another project in that second season, and uh, and so he didn't have as much concentration over over the uh, or as much control over the um, over the show. Mark Frost was still heavily involved in it, but it kind of they kind of. Uh, diverted on on where they wanted the, sh- the show to go. A lot of people lost faith with the show, and it ended after only two seasons. It's a bit. Do you think it's a, got a bit of the Friday Night Lights syndrome in that the first season was so good that anything subsequent is a kind of disappointment? Uh, yes, and and no. I loved it all the way through. Mm. I I loved it. It's, Your it's love a, knows no bounds. Knows no bounds. It's a soap opera. It's a comedy. Mm. It's horror. Mm. It's it's kind of every single genre wrapped into one. It's it's. I think it because of that, it is perfect television yeah. because they managed to get every single genre into the into the series. For the end of the uh, second series, did they put that in because they wanted to wrap everything up? Like it, it went very two thousand and one end of that last that last episode. Well, the well the, with velvet curtains and checkered floors and that was right there at the beginning, and, mm. right there at the yeah. very beginning of the series. The Black Lodge was yeah, no, was, was there at the very yeah. beginning of the series, and makes perfect sense if you've watched the series four times and have also <laughs> uh, and have also seen the movies and and read the screenplays and uh, and everything. It, it all it all makes sense and it all fits together. Because reading today, uh, I was reading up on it and they were like, you know, the controversy about the ending. Now, when I was watching it, I missed the controversy. I didn't. I can't remember feeling outraged or feeling anything particular about that. I don't even remember the ending. Like I remember it as a series. I remember enjoying watching it, thinking how beautiful it was, you know, so many elements relating to so many elements of it, even though it was so surreal. It wasn't really plot-driven for me. Like it was style and character. And uh, and and subtext. Yeah. I mean, because you haven't grown up in the country mm. and it being about the what goes on behind closed mm. doors absolutely in in a, in a small town mm. uh, i can see that that's what would appeal mm. to you as well mm. and you know everyone has a little bit of violence in mm. in their house everybody has some horrible secrets and mm. and the whole concept of the show is that everybody was full of secrets and see, secret sex lives and so you know that that whole kind of what's really going on even though the aesthetic, the rural aesthetic, completely different, but mm. the same kind of concept, and that and that whole thing with the Black Lodge as well that, that you're referring to, Brett, is a, a large part to to do with life itself having a lot of secrets that mm. that we can't latch onto, that good and evil and uh, and morals and all all of that is so far beyond comprehension. Mm. I mean, this is. And this is on a TV show. I know that a lot of people watched that, and and it was it was a really really popular show. Like it should have been a cult hit, no question. But it, it was more than that. Yeah, like it definitely went mainstream against all the odds. Much like if people remember Sex in the City viewing parties, uh, there were oh yeah, there were Twin Peaks like Melrose Place parties, parties Melrose Place and, parties, yeah, Friends yeah, parties, yeah. and Twin Peaks was right there. Yeah. 
and uh, and it's it's weird to remember that mm. uh, the the event at Acme was extraordinary for anyone who sat through all nine hours, and I did. Uh, there were some great academic talks on uh, on different characters, what they meant, uh, how the FBI works into the the whole show. Mm. Uh, some general discussions about about the show, some Q and A's. Uh, the episodes that they showed were the pilot episode, the actual pilot episode, not the European movie version mm-hmm. of the pilot, uh, and then a couple of episodes uh, throughout the first and second season. Then the uh, the final episode of all time, and then finishing with the two and a half hour firewalk with me mm. at the end of it. We all just needed to hug. It was, <laughs> it was a, a little bit like it, it was so emotionally draining mm. as an event. Mm. Would I do it again in a second? Yeah, in a heartbeat. It was extraordinary. You, you don't get them. Well, you've got them clearly, but you can get them on iTunes. I, I actually resolved when reading about it today. I thought I must go back because I haven't watched them since then. Right. So it would be a, it'd be like watching it fresh, I reckon, because so much time's passed and, you know, I'm at a completely different point in my own life. They're going back and watching it. I'm, I'm quite excited to watch it. You must have been like 12 at the time. 1990? Yeah. I wish I was time 12. You. No. You're not that old, are you? No, I started uni in 1991. Uh-huh. So unless I was incredibly clever, which let's face it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's plausible. Uh, no, 1991 I started uni. Mm. So I would have been in year 12, 1990. So during the day I did uh, a whole lot of Vox Pops with people in the audience. Mm-hmm. To find, so Some of them were presenters, some of them were people in the audience because I wanted to find out what it was that made Twin Peaks the show that we keep going back to, what it was that made it stand out for 20 years mm. as opposed to all the other dramas that have just fallen by the wayside. And, uh, and I... I found it fascinating. I found it as fascinating talking to people individually about what the show meant to them as watching the show and rediscovering what it meant for me. Twin Peaks is exciting for me because of the way that it's influenced other television that I've sort of grown up with. I'm like the nerdiest of fans. <laughs> I have such a nerdy love of it. So it's almost like, you know, I don't really see it properly. I see it through nerd glasses, which is, you know, I know it so well. I've only seen... I watched it recently... For the third time. I hadn't watched it for ages, so I felt like I was actually rediscovering it. I was surprised when I was telling people I was going to this today how many people are aware of Twin Peaks but haven't watched it. And as I was watching, I was, I was, I was trying to see it through the eyes of people who might be seeing it for the first time. And I think that they might find it a bit cheesy. I don't know. Well, I've been a big Twin Peaks fan for a long time, and mm-hmm. I think of Twin Peaks as a very American show. Because it's got all these kind of like the diner culture and um, like the North American themes. I think I was doing year 10 and I waited every excruciating week for the next episode to air. In, what was it, 2001, I saw David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. It was the very first David Lynch thing I'd ever seen. And when I saw that, I saw the movie another two times in cinemas. And then I went and just found anything I could possibly find related to David Lynch and someone I knew had all the episodes on VHS and I (laughs) watched them all and then 
since then I've been hooked. I was little. <laughs> I was like three. But my father is a film professor, so it was always on in the household. So I remember like seeing snatches of it as a kid and like hearing the theme song. But then it wasn't until I was older that I was sort of introduced to it like right after it came out on DVD. Well, I think my father first showed me an episode on like Laserdisc. It was never sort of repeated to death like The Simpsons or that. Um, for ages you couldn't even get it on, on DVD or video in its complete form. So we all had those weird VHS sets where you couldn't get the pilot episode, you had to get the European release movie and then not watch the last five minutes of it. And I think that's all part of why it kept this sort of somewhat underground feel for a show that began as something completely un-underground. Un-underground? Overground? Ground? Ground. 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 Something that began so ground. Um, now they've been sort of slowly releasing. We've got the gold box set, you know, and it's sort of now it's it circulates much more freely. By that stage, I think I'd seen a few t- few of the TV shows that had obviously been inspired by Twin Peaks, so it wasn't so much... So the structure of it wasn't so much a surprise. Like, I'm sure back in, what, 1990 when it first aired? Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were quite shocked by the the way the story unfolded. Yeah, it, the structure itself was not at all surprising, but it wasn't... It was still utterly captivating and so much better than, <laughs> than anything else that was on TV at the time. We had a lot of shows that were sort of like Twin Peaks light, like, you know, Northern Exposures, like the obvious one, but we also had some, like, kid shows that really were sort of in the same tradition as Twin Peaks, like Pete and Pete. But I think that it was kind of, like, absorbed into the mainstream a little bit more, and it's still thought of as this kind of, like, offbeat thing, but it's also thought of as a great failure, and I think that that kind of status has played up a lot. I think if you focus on the mystery, you, you do risk missing a lot of the smaller moments that make it fun, and I think part of the reason Twin Peaks shot itself in the foot was because it became about who killed Laura Palmer. So once they solved it, Three quarters of the audience just stopped watching instantly. I bought Smash It's magazine and it had a badge saying, I killed Laura Palmer, which I wore to school every day. Yeah. (laughs) I think if you look back in the history of soap operas, even stuff like, you know, Pacific Drive, the Australian soap opera, started with a murder and um, and then went on from there. So... Maybe they thought it was more of just a murder to kick off a show rather than the driving force behind it. The appeal from being nostalgic, from having watched it the first time and seen it break so many TV rules, which was astounding at the time. It's just utterly surreal. It's inspiration to a lot of, I think, television's broken expectations of narrative devices and how you plot out a television show in regards to the way that it structures its storylines and how things just sort of disappear and come back and certain things are just there as like red herrings I think that um I think that you know shows like Lost on at the moment Lost would be the biggest Twin Peaks example that I can think of simply because Lost was a show that was about the red herring in a lot of ways not so much the actual mystery itself the mystery was there to drive forth the characters and red herrings would come along the way. I think probably the char- like the array of characters in it and I think the attention to detail in terms of constructing those characters and also the sense of kind of mystery that's created around the kind of supernatural cut with the kind of investigate FBI style investigation I think we're used to now these sort of 12 episode series which can be a lot tighter an ongoing show with a soap opera format I think you're always going to have filler in there and you're always going to have favourite characters and certainly I've never met a single person 
who said James was their favourite character. You know, it's, it's never happened in the history of the show and I feel bad for the poor actor watching him tool around on that bike and it's like, no, this just isn't working. You know, I think I was young enough that I didn't really notice that it wasn't contemporary. Now, looking back at it, it doesn't really seem that dated to me, especially compared to other shows from the time. It still feels very, um, I think it's because there's that sort of nostalgic feeling, kind of old America, 1950s America, that it really doesn't date itself in the same way that other 90s TV shows like Friends or something does. I mean, that just screams the 90s to me, but this doesn't. This doesn't have that kind of... Um, it's got a timelessness to it that just doesn't come through in other television shows from the time period. It has a kind of timeless sort of quality about it. It's got that sort of, it's kind of in temporal flux. They didn't set it, I don't think, in the time period that it was on TV. So it kind of had a timeless quality to it already. And so watching it in, what, 2000 or right now in 2010, it's, it doesn't scream 1990s like a lot of uh, TV from that era does. It, it does have that, like the way it was filmed, it seemed to have very high budgets uh, or so many actors and it all just looks incredible. Is this perhaps the prettiest cast to ever be in a pilot episode of a show? There is a terrifying amount of good-looking people in that pilot. And, yeah, I think it's a testament to the... the creators the writers and the directors that it just had that yeah that timeless quality that didn't date it quite so quickly as several other high profile shows at the time it's an ancient text now it's 20 years old but it doesn't feel like it's 20 years old and it wasn't on hbo and it wasn't on like uh, showtime like yeah it was on commercial tv so it was like cutting the hedge everywhere my name is glenn dunks Simone Hine. Martin Pedler. Hello, my name is Adam Christie. Emily Zoe Baker. Nell Collins. And my name is Sean M. Whelan. I didn't watch it without a blanket that I could pull up to my chin. <laughs> and I went round to my best friend's house to watch it every week. Are you one of those that follows the Pepsi? Follows, Pepsi, follows, Pepsi, follows, Pepsi, follows Pepsi, the ads? Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Brett Cropley. <laughs> You've been watching advertising again, haven't you? I have. I have. And uh, I, I have a generic type uh, ob- observation and and I don't buy it this, this about. I don't buy a T-city. There you go. Yeah, that's the uh, actual noun. Thanks for inventing that word for me. No problem. Uh, uh, what what I've what I've been uh, finding finding grating in my my eyes is uh, square ads. Ads, square ads, ads that are made for boring so people that they fit into a four to three ratio screen. Uh-huh. Um, so cutting off the edge of widescreen TVs, or if you're watching four to three letterbox, then it cuts off the edges there, uh, making it around about half the screen real estate that's used. Uh, once oh, it shrinks down, screen I'm, real estate right. is that a term? Yeah, that's that is actually. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Maya, with your beautiful by Estee Lauder uh, US produced uh, wedding type video footage. <laughs> Oral B, Oral B, which isn't letterboxed, uh, but they just play it four to three. And uh, Nespresso with George Clooney and John Malkovich, uh, which Hang is on, also Brett, in Brett. widescreen. What's letterboxed? So it's, it's in 16, 16 to 9. It's, it's a widescreen. Yeah. 
and they cut off the top and bottom if it's on a square screen. <laughs> so the, you're, you're letterboxing your screen real estate. Yes. <laughs> See, I catch on. Quick. Uh, okay. George Clooney. Because yep. for me, so you've got more on that list? No, no. The, for, for, this for me, was just last night. For me, it's not the 4-3 the ads because they appear full size on my 4-3 television. It's the... Uh, it's so you're the, watching television pan and scan? No. Digital oh, TV pan and scan? What, what gets me is the, uh, the letterbox ads that are letterboxed within a 4-3 format. This is what I'm talking That's about. That's what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Other people understand us. Nelly is uh, is wondering why we're just shouting numbers at when each other. When you say other people, I think a few other people. There are surely other listeners who do not understand the terms letterboxing. I didn't say all and didn't real s- estate. I didn't say all other people. I didn't say all some other people. other people. I'm just I'm aware I'm aware of the fact that that you look like we're just shouting numbers at each other <laughs> and that means that a lot of listeners also think that we're just shouting numbers at each other. Do you know where I'm stuck? Other. Why Brett's watching ads? He watches them for this segment. Sometimes I sit right. with other people just who just like watching live TV. Really? Right. I just... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, really? really? Avert really. your eyes. You, uh, maybe you need new friends. It does pain me. Yeah. Mute. It does, does pain mute. me. You still have to watch. No, you don't. Well, it's on there. You mute, you but pick up a magazine. People's eyes generally are, well, I was doing prep at the time and still okay. I was like, oh, sometimes, no, that ad looks terrible. Sometimes uh, for this segment, because I, I fast forward all of my ads. Mm. Uh, sometimes I you go, have to go hunting for an ad. I go back. I go, what the hell was, why was there a green <laughs> monster wearing a doily hat? And then I'll, I'll have to go back and go, oh, it's an ad for a bank, of course. Now, like the production on these, on these ads, it, it, it's really good. I, I mean, have seen that George Clooney one. It's like a little movie. Generally, they do it with uh, ads that uh, have come out of the state's uh, production schedule and uh, they're screening them over here. My kind of bookend with uh, Get It from Maya, uh, but mm. uh, run the, the entire ad in four to three in in a square rather than a, a widescreen mm. format. Um, but the, the the thing that just doesn't make sense is that these ads are screening during shows like Bones and, and Castle, which aren't being shot for a four to three broadcast. They're being shot so that they're broadcast widescreen. They're using up all of the all of the edges of the screen. It's not mm. like watching your breakfast TV where they kind of just avoid using anything on those side bits or Hey, it's that day, or you know, any number of, of uh, big local production type things. So it doesn't make any sense that they constrain these things that actually look good in widescreen in full format at full size during these shows. And mm. I just don't buy it. You know what I don't buy? Along those lines, people who have their TVs and their set-top boxes set to the wrong ratio – Stretched, yes, stretched or squashed. If Actually, I've noticed that our, all the people on our TV since we got the magic box look fat. Is that why? That that is that is probably why, Nelly. And because they look, I'm, even Carmela Soprano looks fat. I'm uh, I I am coming over to your place yes, during the week. I am going to fix that for you. you. I also fix up people's computer screens when I have to <laughs> when I have to do some work on their computers. And I just go, what kind of crappy resolution do you, do you have a VGA screen? Sixty hertz refresh rate. Oh my god, headache. Uh. <laughs> uh, but the uh, but if you have a television and you have a set top box, 
Maybe the television is in charge of the ratio. Maybe the set-top box is in charge of the ratio. Find out. Do your research. Get your TV at the right ratio because it will make for a much more enjoyable experience for me. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, hunky, sparkly, shiny, wonderful (laughs) men. This is Elmo and Abby Kadabby. And you're listening to Box Cutters. Nelanie Thomas, Mm. you have been a Survivor fan for a very long time. Indeed. Not the band. No, not Eye of the Tiger. Oh, I'm partial. We're talking reality TV, Jeff Probst. <laughs> yes, we are. Jeff, my love, Probst. Uh, I heard, mm. I heard a little birdie mm. sang a little song in my ear, mm. said this latest season of Survivor, mm. no good. Oh, is that Peter Wilson? Yes. Right. I'm going to take him to task over that. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. I'm sorry. It's, she just she looked at me with those eyes and I couldn't lie. The only lie. other person I, I know lie. who loves Survivor as much as me is Pete. And we do come to blows over it from time to time. Now, what's uh, the concept this, this season? How, how have they divided Well, it? I'll give you a quick Pracy, which is two groups of, you know. Is Pracy one of the people in the. <laughs> no, but there's a Naonka with a capital <gasps> O in the middle. Naonka. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That, which is cool. That makes the made up names I call you. Yeah, yeah totally. Nothing. She's psycho, which is, I'll get to that. But Excellent. Naonka. Um, they started off with just two groups, you know, normal kind of division. Not but then old they, and young, black and white. Not to start with. Well, Boys they thought girls. it was just two normal groups and then they actually went, oh, drop your buffs. Epileptics. Not yeah, epileptics. No, it was old and young. And so they did that and then they did a switcheroo back into mixed tribes basically because the oldies were losing. And then now we're at merge stage. Mm-hmm. So we're actually in one big Vegetarians, tribe. non-vegetarians come together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, look, I'm not going to pretend it's the best season of Survivor, but it's definitely in, it's middling, I reckon. There's some standout characters. I'll talk you through a couple of Where's my favourite. Uh, Nicaragua, and it is the 21st season, so they're allowed to drink now. Hey! <laughs> um, in the notable cast member category are the two Jimmys, Jimmy 1, Jimmy 2. One of them is Jimmy Johnson. JJ. JJ, Jimmy Johnson, NFL coach who won two Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, look at that. Oh, and does the penis enlargement ads? Does he? I think he might. Well, he sort of swooned in there. Because he's a big Johnson. Oh, and you can imagine. I think they make make fun of that on the soup, but I I, I wasn't really sure what the link was because I'm, you know, not up with my old NFL coaches and... And your penile dysfunction. And my penile dysfunction ads <laughs> and uh, and my Survivor contestants. So on three, on, on lacking, three levels, I'm you're lacking. lacking for it. The other Jimmy, crazy Jimmy, as I call him, Jimmy too, is just a, a mental fisherman who immediately... <laughs> does, does that mean <laughs> just, like he tries to fish using <laughs> telepathy? Or? Oh, if only. He was so... Like one of the other characters, you know how they always have like a sassy... Bostoner or New Yorker or a city slicker who gets everyone. Yeah. Who can just sum everyone up. He the went manipulator. To, he went to tribal saying about crazy Jimmy Fisherman. His delusions of grandeur are second only to his feelings of insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> and I was 
like cheering at the screen. It's exactly summed this guy up. He was absolutely mental. Then there's Holly, who's this crazy 40-something swimming coach who looks like your mum but is also mental. Day two broke down, filled everyone's shoes with sand from the beach water, like from wet sand. And then came in and went... Sorry, everyone, I fritzed out and kind of calmed down after that. <laughs> then there's Naonka, capital O, Naonka, who you could not write a more racist caricature of a young black woman than Naonka, <laughs> but she is a young black woman and it's really disconcerting to the stereotypical point that she stole food. She actually stole food from the other... I think the they other. call it looting, Nelly. It was just... I can't believe she's still in. Uh, then we've got a guy... Hang on, this is, this is seasons after yeah. somebody, somebody was falsely accused for, no, ha- she for stole smuggling it. food in? Yeah, yeah, no, she, she stole, stole She stole food from her own tribe. From her own tribe and buried it and then couldn't remember where it was. But someone saw her and said, Nayanka, why'd you take the flour? I didn't take it. I didn't. I'm axing you. <laughs> she just went mental. And then went, yeah, I took it. <laughs> and mangoes and did all she sorts say, of things. Did she say, yeah, I took it, but at least I didn't fill your shoes with mud? This is a woman. There was a girl, Kelly B, I think her name was, Kelly something, who had a prosthetic leg. She was born with a short limb and she's got a prosthetic leg. Yep. Nayonka fought her for a mango <laughs> and at the same time said, I could, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, but I will knock your leg off, bitch. <laughs> like, this woman is complete. I don't know how she survived this song. My favourite is a guy called, um, his name's Judd, but they all call him Fabio because he's so dumb. <laughs> Even Probes calls him Fabio. <laughs> Everyone calls him Fabio. And then I have a love-hate relationship with a woman called Jane, reminiscent of Tina from my favourite Survivor season, Survivor Australia. Mm. Do you remember Tina, my favourite ever challenge, 50-something-year-old woman, just had to hold your hand in the air and not touch a thing. And she held her hand up for nine and a half hours. Yeah. And that's basically what one of the million dollars. Jane is the same. I could barely watch Twin Peaks for nine and a half hours. Oh, can you imagine? You try and hold your arm up seriously for ten minutes, let alone nine and a half hours. It's amazing physical feat. I don't want to do that. And Jane is similar. She's this kind of scrawny middle-aged woman. But what I love about her, she went into training. Like these people who go on Survivor, you think, don't you want to learn some stuff? She started restricting her food two months before she went in so she wouldn't have hunger pains and fritz out in the first few days. So she was always already bony by the time she She was already thin, but she didn't get hunger pains and lose her mind. She gave up you know, cigarettes, coffee, anything that she'd have to withdraw from. She learnt to make fire with sticks, which she did the first day. She did rub sticks, like she learnt to fish, she learnt everything. The downside, she's a redneck. Right. So she opens her mouth and you go, Jane! But then you see her win these challenges against Fabio, the beefcake, you know, who weighs 300 pounds of muscle. And you go, go, Jane, just don't talk. So uh, to sum up, I am, of course, of loving it, but I could pretty much watch Jeff Probes do a shit at Tribal <laughs> Council and that would be, be thrilled. To watch. <laughs> I would be thrilled. <laughs> you know, and I do because he hasn't been doing those those stunts where he goes from Tribal Council oh, to the studio no. and uh, and then they announce the winner. I but miss he, those days. But on if the he jet did, ski. but if he did a magical shit and then appeared in New York City. 
If he just laid a cable I'd from there him. to New York. <laughs> I'd watch that finale. And just rode, just rode in on it. He's getting more interventionist. Mark Burnett, like give that. us a call. We've got an idea. We have you. got an idea. I will assist him in, in doing that. I will coax it out of him. So, in short, Peter Wilson, you've got knobs on you. Um, Survivor <laughs> Nicaragua is certainly worth You know, viewing. I'm going to be in trouble with Peter now. That's As just, if it wasn't Pete. Who else do we know who watches Survivor? Yeah, it's just him and Will. That's all I know. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the, the thing that I, I, I've just realised in Survivor, this would be my tactic. You know, I've never mm. really thought about a tactic for Survivor because I thought, <laughs> 40 days, get out. Yeah, as How, if. It's 40 days? How long is it? Yeah, yeah. Or 20, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Three days. No, it's 40. Three days without a TV. Yeah. I'm gone. Like, yeah. that's just nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, so, But I've had tactics for Amazing Race, obviously. Yeah. In fact, every yeah. single moment of my life, I'm thinking of tactics for Amazing Race. My tactic for Survivor, and tell me if this would work, mm. in those challenges where you have to, where it's just endurance, where you have to hold your hand up and not touch the ring mm. Or, mm. or stand there with sandbags in, in your hands and, mm. and then uh, to... To entice you off, there's burgers yeah. and there's pizza. And, yeah. uh, Do you want a chocolate brownie? I'm yes, out. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah. I'll have the chocolate brownie. I would, I would probably quit really, really early. Mm. So I would never get immunity, mm. but I would just try to continually be lovable. And just slip under the radar. No, no. Be like outrageously lovable. Just no one can vote for me because then oh, we're not going to no, have Josh around. No, but then you immediately become a threat because you start thinking to yourself, if everyone likes him... They're not going to give me the million dollars. Let's get rid of Josh. You have to be a little bit shitty, but not so bad that they hate you. But they'd get rid of me. I'm lovable. No, but that's that puts a target Adorable. on your back. Adorable. That puts a target right like on your back. Like a koala. My own manager, Toby Sullivan, and if you're listening, Toby, I I'm, have no shame in quoting this back. I said, I should go on Survivor. He said, you'd last about two days on Survivor. Someone would <laughs> shit you and you'd thump them. <laughs> Yeah, fair point. I've never hit anybody in my entire life. Yeah, but you, you would. I could. You would, you would two, <laughs> two days two days with uh, with no food, no bald, bald and the beautiful. Yeah, look, Fabio would be going down, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's the uh, 21st season of yeah. Survivor still showing on Channel 9. <gasps> When's you, it on? Where is it on? Uh, I don't know. I'm watching it in America. That's why Nelly's been away. That's why I've been away. Can I tell you my just favourite thing that's happened this season? So these lunatics won three chests of food. Thought, oh, it's raining. We'll shelter the fire with the chests of food. No, ruin the food. Wooden chests containing food and blankets. What about if I was lovable and smart? It burnt the chests and their whole shelter. (laughs) (laughs) They come back and they're like, dude. Dude, you're like, are you people? What happened to you people? They must. It's a testament to how hungry they are. So yeah, I would be lovable and smart. (laughs) I think you'd be hungry. (laughs) I would be hungry. If you watch one thing, one. Thing to watch this week. 
Brett I mentioned Cropley. it last week. I did preempt it uh, because it's uh, halfway through right now as we are recording this Monday night, seven thirty. Was... SBS One. William Shatner's weird or what? I thought this was your one thing for last week. No, I had to pre-announce it last week. So, what I was your one thing for here. last week? Because I just remember this uh, was something else. So you went with two things last week. No, no. I said for ne- I need I to announce for next week. That's unusual for Brett. You don't get to have one this hey. week. I'm sorry. Nelly? Well, I'm just repeating what I said last week. <laughs> Nelly, uh, if you're going to watch one thing this week. Well, you may have discussed this in the last few weeks. Apologies if you have. But my one thing is going to be Raising Hope. Ah, Because yes. I'm loving it. It's I'm great. I'm loving it. I only watched the first when's, show. When's it on? It is on Wednesday, December 1st, Channel 10 at 8 p.m. It's a Funny. great it's, – it's from uh, Greg Garcia who mm-hmm. created My Name is Earl. Really funny – Lovely show. Loved it. What's the lead actress? Do you remember her name? Uh, uh, Martha Plimpton. I adore her. Absolutely adore her. Yeah, she's great in everything she yeah, does. It's a very funny show. It doesn't look great from the, no, the stills I've seen. It's and stuff. really, it's great. But go from the I'll start. I think the backstory yep. is important. Yeah, you need you need yep. to see the first episode because the first episode is really hilarious. Mm. It's the pilot, and uh, we have the role three. Yeah. But it's but you need to you need to watch it. You it's can't actually just, got info. It's not yeah. shit. My dad says you can't just jump in in the middle <laughs> and go. Oh, it's shit. My dad says no. Yeah. You, you you need to know the opening story because it's hilarious. It is. It's really good. I'm enjoying. Uh, my one thing because I'm so down with the kids, so down with the kids. Uh, this is actually one of my favourite uh, hip hop acts from the '90s and early 2000s. Will Smith. Uh, no. Wu Tang Clan. Mm. Wu Tang Clan live at Montreux, eleven thirty Saturday. Jazz. Well, this is the thing. Live at Montreux. Who knew Wu Tang? So this is after ODB. Let's Died. say passed. Passed on. Old dirty bastard. Yep. Yeah. After after he passed, uh, Wu Tang Clan got back together. Was there some some scandal about it? And how he died? Nah, he just died from being a you know. Horrible ODB. criminal, yeah. Mm. Basically, from being an ODB. Yeah. Uh, so the the rest of Wu Tang got together, did this concert at Montreux, uh, and apparently it will just blow you away. Eleven thirty Saturday night on ABC Two. This Saturday. Yes. You going to U two? U two. I would go to and see Jay Z. Yeah, Jay Z and U two are on. But Friday I would night. not go and see U two. Right. I would see. I would see Jay Z. I would see Jay Z in a solo show. Mm-hmm. My dream w- would have been to to be in the US to see the Jay Z Eminem sure, tour because sure. that would be excellent. U two can suck my zombie balls. Right. I've no business with them. <laughs> None I didn't know you had zombie whatsoever. balls. Whatsoever, they did. I've got them. They're undead. <laughs> They're undead. I've got them. I've got them. Especially they have put no away feeling. for people to suck. <laughs> Oh, God. On that note. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. I had so much fun on Thursday at Acme with the Twin Peaks Marathon. It was was fantastic. It was on a Thursday. Big crowd. It was, it was on a Thursday. It was, it was sold out. It sold out in 24 hours. Wow. I haven't actually seen you this excited since you did the Doctor Who convention. And this was... Uh, this, Similar this, thing. Yeah. I mean, 
less people, mm. a lot more intimate. We all shared a special something that day mm. that no one can take away from us. I just don't think and, could... and we'll be discussing it with our psychiatrists for years to mm. come. I just don't think I could sit that upright for that long. Comfy chairs in the studio. It's a working at, uh, day. Not in the studio, at, at, not in the cinemas. Not, not in the cinemas. It's in, they've got a TV studio at Acme yeah. uh, that seats about 70 people and really comfortable chairs, lots of room to just spread out. They had great setup with uh, uh, a tweeting station, so they had, uh, they had power to plug in your laptop if you needed it or to recharge your iPhone. Uh, they had uh, wireless access for us to tweet with so that we could tweet throughout the nine hours. Uh, they had uh, 200 donuts for us all to eat. There was cherry pie on the menu. They really went all out with this. Was it on uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, was, it was on Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, being in Australia, not having American Thanksgiving. Mm. But you do Thanksgiving. Uh, I did Thanksgiving with my uh, American friends on mm. Saturday. They did a, a belated Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, and that was lovely too. So massive four days. Because also on the Friday... You went shopping. I went to uh, Katani Gardens to be a part of John Richard's Outland taping for the finale of Outland. And that was... It was a bit uh, wet, wasn't it? Uh, not in the morning. In the morning it was sunny. Lots did of people got sunburned. Did you wear leather chaps? I did not. Oh. I know someone who did, though. Did you? What, did hilarious. you wear a slogan on your tee? Well, I wore I wore my St Kilda baseball. So t-shirt. we should explain. It was a, a fake gay pride march for Outland filming. Yes. Yeah. I wore my St Kilda baseball t shirt because mm-hmm. uh, I thought, well, if you know, balls. Yeah, balls, <laughs> balls, pride, <laughs> saints, St Kilda. It's, it's balls, sticks, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, someone from uh, from the wardrobe department went, mm, "That colour that's on your t-shirt would go really well with this feather boa." <laughs> <laughs> so then, I'm wearing I'm wearing this feather boa with the uh, that matches the the colour of the the writing on uh, on my t-shirt. Just so you know, feather boas are very bloody warm and itchy, and very itchy. Yeah. And wearing them in the sun. Makes mm. everything stink. I'm here. I'm queer. I'm bloody hot. Yeah, and sweaty. Uh, there was some great. There was some chanting of uh, some great chants. Mm. Some great chants of uh, fisting the glitter. Some great, <laughs> uh, great chants of Donna Martin graduates. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. So uh, hello to all the all the box cutters listeners that I met. Uh, over there, uh, some new people I met and as well. Outlanders and Outlanders. It was a really great. More, I'm going to say morning because I mm. left at lunchtime, uh, and then two minutes after I got home, the rain came. Top job, John. Top oh, job. Top excellent. job. I can't. I can't wait to see it because it's mm. going to be so exciting. So exciting. And now it's time for Trotters with Toby Halligan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, here, I'm queer, I've got a rash. The chance oh. for the boa wearers. <laughs> <laughs> Furthermore, folks. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Did you just sing that up? Yeah, you yeah, just thought that up. Look um, at him go. Comedian, Nelly. Pure comedian. Genius. Always on. Pure Always genius. On. Um, also, uh, Survivor is on Channel 9, Tuesdays at 9pm. Um, Liam Neeson isn't dead. Uh, uh, we, I confirm that. Unless <laughs> you're listening to this podcast in 2050, in which case he almost certainly is, and you're probably a cyborg. Depending on the, uh, <laughs> the the curse of box cutters, he may be gone. Next oh, stop saying that, Brett. Okay, moving on. Um, 
Return to Two Moon Junction, uh, that is indeed the title of the film. It, in fact... No, uh, no it's, it's, it's not Return, it's just called Two Moon Junction. Sorry, I sorry, I apologise, there was a sequel. <gasps> really? Down. Yeah, there, there was. was. A sequel? <laughs> Although Two Moon Junction actually won the 1988 Golden Raspberry for supporting actress Kirsty McNichol, who beat out Daryl Hannah in High Spirits and Aileen Brennan in The New Adventures Darryl of Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> that classic. So, um, hmm. Yeah, Chris, Chris McNichol, her, her, uh, her, her role in that is, is really ridiculous apparently it's it's yeah but i'm glad you've made us remember daryl hannah yeah i think that's important who's forgotten daryl hannah not me i'm always thinking about splash (laughs) speaking about attractive women if sarah murdoch were a bird she'd be a crane why because when she uh sarah actually originally wanted to be a, a ballet dancer and she attended the mcdonald's school for performing arts until she was told by ballet master alan alexander cross that she was too tall so she quit what an inspirational story Gangly like a crane. That's Sarah Murdoch. Uh, incidentally, if you're interested, uh, Sarah Murdoch actually replaced Jodie Mears as the host uh, for Next Top Model. Yes. Um, Jodie Mears, who in 2008 actually freaked out at the last minute before the finale and didn't show up mm-hmm. um, uh, randomly. Jodie well, Mears. She did. She did tell on, people she on. wasn't going to be there. Yeah. The 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 story the the story is yep. that she never did actually tell them in advance. Yeah. That she she was never intending to go to the finale yep. because she can't do live television. Yep. I guess there and she are, knew how unreliable the producers were. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, there are all these links between them, though. I mean, they're both married to the heirs to media fortunes. They both had finale fiascos. Although Jodie Mears is involved with Scientology. So my question is, when's Sarah going to join a cult? Um, the final look, I couldn't resist this. Maybe, uh, maybe if we're lucky, she'll join the cult of Josh. The cult of Josh. Has she joined the cult of Murdoch? You would be She's truly so lucky mm. if she did that. Yeah, I think that's because probably true. Because Sarah Murdoch... So hot, so hot. I'm gonna yes. always, always has been, always will be in my eyes. Much I just hotter think, than Jennifer Hawkins. Oh uh, no, I've never Jennifer Hawkins the appeal is hotter of than Jennifer Hawkins. No, I no, I'm with, hotter. I'm with Brett. I'm with Brett. Oh, you two have got knobs on you. Send us an email. Hooray <laughs> at boxcutters.net. Who is hotter, Sarah O'Hare or Jennifer Hawkins? We are not now, using the box here's cutters some cold chisel. Shame. Shame. Um, just to round out the that. discussion of hot women, uh, here's the top four next top model controversies. In 2009, Tyra took six models to Hawaii and after giving them a little history lesson about the context of the shoot, got them to dress up in blackface. Yeah, winner. That's a good one. In New Zealand, in the next top model competition, 16-year-old Michaela Stancamp posed topless with only mud smeared across her chest. Responding to the controversy, uh, (laughs) next top model photoshopped out her nipples. (laughs) That's how they dealt with the problem, yeah. They also said none of the girls were forced to do anything that they weren't comfortable doing because when I say nippleless mud, the word that springs to mind is comfort, really, isn't it? Um, uh, Number three, we had... Esther Petrak, um, uh, the, a Jewish uh, modern Orthodox contestant who's on the current season of America's Next Top Model, who is actually foregoing the Sabbath to um, uh, do the show. Um, right. And that's caused apparently quite a lot of controversy in the Orthodox Jewish com- um, community. They couldn't move it one day for her? No, well, but also, like, I mean, being a model, like, you don't really, does that really qualify as work in the Sabbath sense? I mean, what do you do? Yes. You stand, you sit. Yes, it does. You look pretty. Yes, it and does. And you don't eat. Mm-hmm. But, it does qualify as work. But she could do that on the Sabbath just as a hobby. Yeah, but she still <laughs> needs to travel to set. Okay, you're getting all technical on me. Um, finally, number four, you guys yeah. probably heard of this. Your, your religion and those technicalities. I know, I know, my, my religion <laughs> it's and always the rules. fine print. <laughs> um, 
the number one controversy was uh, when Anne, a six foot two girl whose waist is so small, Jay Alexander can span his hands around her waist. Um, uh, it was said that it, uh, it was misconstrued that they were trying to promote the skinny look, um, uh, although there were still ads of Tyra saying that, I like, there's something I like about her. What, uh, what, of course, Tyra didn't say is that the reason she likes Anne is because Anne was able to retrieve Tyra's car keys from a drain. With her <laughs> inch- <laughs> <laughs> and that is Trotters. She's flat Stanley. Oh, she yeah. is. She is <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that brings us to the end. Of Box Cutters episode 251, I want to say thanks to everybody who uh, agreed to be part of the Vox Pop on Thursday. Thanks also to Anna Svenberg and everybody at Acme. Quite a bit of uh, Melbourne literati there. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. And I would like to say a very big thank you for your patience in waiting for me to come back and particularly to our fill-in hosts, including, I think, Claire Hooper, Geraldine uh, Hickey and Courtney Hocking. Sure. Yes. Not Claire Hooper, but yes. Claire filled in for me one other time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Different okay. Time. But thank you. Tim Ferguson. Tim, Tim Ferguson, Ferguson. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, they did, they did excellent work, but then no Nellie Thomas. Ah, stop it. No Nellie Thomas. We it's good you. to have you back. Thank you. Good to be back. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. I'm Nalandra Tomaccio. I'm Toby Alligan. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Toby Halligan and Josh Canal, with help from Brett Cropley, John Richards and Nellie Thomas. Our audio engineer slash magician is Brett Cropley. Peter Wilson commands our servers to do his bidding. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this show pretty much each and every week. Listen to the greatest radio station in the world on 102.7 FM if you're in the area or else on the web at rrr.org.au. If you enjoyed this episode of Box Cutters, then go to the iTunes Music Store or Facebook or Twitter or something and write a review. Spread the word and help other people find this show so that they can enjoy it too. If you're looking for us on Twitter, we're at Box Cutters Cast and our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash boxcutters. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or through the Contact Us link on the blog, which you'll find at boxcutters.net. You can also send us an SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. I am not on mic. That's, oh, that's pretty much all I wanted to say was I'm not on mic. Uh, and I still, I can't get little bits of Twin Peaks out of my head. Like there's that... Uh, like it's stuck in your teeth. Yeah, like like it's stuck in my teeth. So, uh, the man from another place, uh, particularly in uh, in in uh, Firewalk with me, talks about Garan Bozia and eats a, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of creamed corn. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's heaps of there's all that backwards talking. You, mm. you, you, you know, um, we've got an example. Snakes not Sam Sagan. Oh, this gets a little bit. Sam Sagan, oh, is Nancy Libby. 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 Sam Sagan, oh, is Nancy Libby.